Welcome to Sitting With My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives. Bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Stone. Well, we are back with another episode of Sitting With My Sisters. So usually during when we hear that President Oaks is about to speak, I know for myself, I sit down and think, oh man, what is he going to lay into me? And where's my dictionary so I can figure out all the big words he's going to use and how my, how well overall I'm going to be. But this one, I didn't feel like it was at all. I I don't know if it's just the timing or what, but I loved this talk. I felt so comforted by him and I enjoyed every single one of his words and I could not wait to really dive into and I have it so highlighted. And because he said, be of good cheer so many times, the word cheer stuck out so much that of course I had to look up cheer and think of all the different definitions. And one of the problems that came across when I was looking up cheer, they talked about cheerleaders. So now I've had cheerleading songs stuck in my head all day. And I've been singing it to my kids and they think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but be of good cheer. So President Oaks, um, and again, also, so right now when we're, we're recording this podcast, we've had the, the tragedy of, of of the Capitol Hill and, and all that's going on. And so it was kind of, it was so interesting listening to this talk of be a good cheer when he's talking about how the world is going to be coming in tribulation and going to be crashing with each other, but be of good cheer. And it was just such a, such a needed perspective of where our, our world is, is, is right now. I mean, I think he even goes in a little bit of how, how bad the presidential elections were. He's never seen such contention before. And yet, that wasn't even seen recent events that have happened. So um, I loved, again, I love these words. I thought they were, they brought a smile to my face and it may have been the cheerleading moves in my head and that I was kind of doing also to my kids. But, so he talks about be of good cheer. Um, this is one of my favorite scripture verses that I use on my mission all the time where Christ is talking to his apostles letting them know pretty much they're going to have persecution. They're going to have hard times when he leaves. But he says, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I find such great comfort in that, that we don't have to worry about what the world is thrown at us because he's already overcome it. He's already taken on those struggles and he's already there to be able to know how we can get through it. It also makes me... Am I still mute? No, I'm not on mute. <laughs> um, it also makes me think about how important it is to keep an eternal perspective since he's overcome the world. We have to think about that too in our own, in our own trials while we're here is that he's overcome them so that we too can overcome them and live eternally with him. And I like that just like he was telling his disciples that, you know, we have a, our own prophet and apostles that have told us that today and have prepared us for these types of tribulations without us even really knowing it. I didn't realize how much President Nelson was preparing 
us individually and as a church as a whole for things that are happening now. Yeah, he's definitely inspired. I think I've told both of you about the, the podcast I listened to about the church news on how, and you, if you guys don't know about the church news has a podcast, there's some fantastic uh, interviews and information, but Sister Nelson is interviewed by Sister Dew, and she talks about how last year they had their calendar completely booked, completely booked every day. Something's going on. Every, they're, they're going to so many different countries, visiting all these people, and then the next day it was blank, and she asked him what what's going on? And he said, I just felt, I felt impressed that I wasn't need to visit these places. And this is before the pandemic, before all that happened. And he didn't, you know, well, I don't know if there's a further conversation if she said, well, you know, I was looking forward to going to some of these places, but he just felt impressed to clear his schedule. Um, and I just thought that was, she, at, she felt, which was kind of cool, a testimony of our living prophet today, we know, which is obviously her husband, but I thought that was, that was amazing that our prophets um, aligned. And so I, I love the scripture verses that he gives. He really dives into the Doctrine and Covenants, which I don't know if it's because we're starting to study the Doctrine and Covenants and we're starting to really get into the history and seeing why these verses were coming and what they were, were coming forth, well, the reason why they were coming forth. But, you know, he, a lot of the times that he shares where God's work won't be frustrated and how he'll stand beside you were a lot, of, really a lot of hard times. Like for instance, he talks about how God's work won't be frustrated and his purposes will always come forth. And this is when Joseph had just lost the plates. And so Joseph was really disappointed in himself. He was really frustrated with himself. He was really mad. And God pretty much said, well, my work won't be frustrated. It's going to go forth. So, so no, so obviously repent, but be, you know, be not weary. And then the next part of it, the, um, I was looking in, into one um, DNC 68 and the history of it. And at that time they were having a huge discussion on publishing the book of commandments, which is now the, the doctrine of covenants and how they were stressing over it. And they're trying to figure out why they should, um, why they should, even if they should publish it, they were sacred um, revelations that they were getting. And he says, be of good cheer. Do not fear. I, the Lord, am with you and will stand by you. And so I just love that, that when we're, these times that we're challenged with these really hard decisions, the Lord reassures that he's on your side. He's got your back. And to not worry because he's, he's under control. And it's just a reminder that I, I need on a, on a regular basis. I know. I loved, I went through and marked in my scriptures, all the scriptures that he references in this talk because they were so good even though some of them I didn't even know like I just marked the scripture without reading you know the whole what was going on and just alone they're really re reassuring and especially with the times that we're in right now it was nice to hear even though I know these and I've heard them before it's still nice to be reminded of it yeah absolutely I think it's so hard also to to remind yourself, like when you're right in the thick of it, it's always easy to look back and say, oh yeah, the saints, the Lord was totally on your side. He did this and yeah, this and this, this, but to be like right in the middle of it, I know myself where I found myself in really hard, hard times. And it's just, it, oh, this always happens always when I'm at wits end and I just don't think I can handle any more. 
And I think that this is just how it is. I'm just going to be miserable for the rest of my life. All of a sudden things turn around and hope finally comes in. It was just so interesting that the Lord was never away from me, but I, I don't know, I try to figure out how I can not lose sight of that and, you know, be a good chair during, during the times. And not well, I think, I think it's hard too, when you turn on the TV and all you're seeing is people fighting like yeah. over our president over this pandemic, like it, it really is hard to smile these days when you're just seeing all this stuff on the news. It is scary, at least to me it's scary. And so I guess I need to learn to trust more that the Lord knows what's going on and I'm doing what's right. I don't need to be afraid. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard too because I feel like Christianity as a whole and even just organized religion is just being like criticized so much. And in this talk, he references Abraham Lincoln, who was referencing scripture. And I was watching a movie about the first, like when the U.S. went into space and went into the moon and they read the astronauts took turns reading from the Bible. And I thought that is amazing that they did that. And I thought that would never happen now. Like no world leader or momentous moment that was huge for our country. I feel like they'd be quoting scripture, like from the Bible. I mean, I hope I'm wrong and maybe I've missed it or I'm not looking for it or whatever, but I thought like it's, we've just come so far away from being united in our love for our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, even if we are in different religions, that, I don't know, it's, I feel like that's, there's part of the darkness that's going on right now. I think the tricky thing that the adversary has developed is what's called politically correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't want to offend someone that doesn't believe in God. We don't want to offend someone that you know, doesn't like to pray. So we're not allowed to talk about our faith or prayer because we don't want to offend them because they feel uncomfortable for doing that. So now we are holding back some of our words or choices that we're using that are our strong beliefs and convictions because we don't want to offend. But and yet, and I don't know the right answer for it because I, I definitely deal with my family that I don't want to offend on some of the things that I believe in. Um, but I, I think I've realized even the last little bit that I, because I've held back, my parents even today don't even know why I joined the church. And it's sad that they don't know that. And it's sad that they don't understand that. And I, and I was trying to be, make things peaceful. So there was a righteous desire, but I, I think that the adversary has kind of gotten it in a little bit of all of us where he's trying to switch that righteous desire but also quiet us in our faith and quiet us in our um in our devotion to, to god i'm not saying you guys need to go stand on a soapbox tomorrow i'm just saying though that i don't i don't hope i hope that there's more leaders out there that are praying more and maybe they're just not saying it to be politically correct or, or whatnot but i really like the next part where he talks about how this affects us today um and I love the, I feel like the equation that he gave here that I, that I really 
was actually one of my favorite quotes until the next part comes. It says that with his help and our faithfulness and endurance, we will prevail. And so it's that combination that we need to do the work. He's not on here. On, he, on, he's not here. He's not on earth to, to walk the, the lines for us. He's not on earth to, to, he can't make us make good decisions. So we have to have our faithfulness intact. We have to endure too. And then with his help, we'll overcome it. And I hope that we can remember that, that it does take work and does take effort. And that the reminder that he even gives us too is that, that, that these tribulations are only temporary. They're not, they're not going to last forever, even though they feel like sometimes that they're lasting forever. Oh my gosh. I can just like, I was writing down all the things in my life that I felt like I was never going to get out of. And I think I was doing that because I just feel like I'm never going to get out of this faith crisis. I feel like I'm going to be here forever because as soon as I feel like I'm moving forward, I feel like I take two steps back and it feels daunting and overwhelming and I'm tired. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, when I first got married and my husband being in law school for three years and us being apart for that amount of time and how we got through it or my postpartum depression or my daughter was, you know, had health issues for the first two years of her life that I felt like it was never going to end or, you know, the pain of losing my dad and my mother-in-law. It's just all trials in my life that I just didn't think I could overcome or I just didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But yet here I am sitting here and I have been able to get through those trials, but it's so hard to see that that's going to happen when you're in the middle of it. And so I have to continuously remind myself <laughs> that Hopefully one day there will be a light at the end of the tunnel for my faith journey and I will feel peace and get where I need to be because it has happened for me before. Yeah. I think I find myself, this is me personally, where I get myself a little bit out of a trial, but it's too, um, I got too comfortable in the trial. Now it's kind of scary to let it go because it was easy to let, to always focus on, okay, I'm going through this, I'm going through this. And so now I get through it. I'm like, well, now what do I do? And I start reverting back as well. And I don't know, it's, it's interesting. Life's interesting. It's fun. <laughs> Go life. That's why we need cheerleaders. <laughs> That's what we need to do from now on when we're in a trial. Give me a T. Give me an R. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not cheering for trials. You're, you're cheering to, to, you know, B-E-A-T, beat them, B-U-S-D, bust them, beat them, bust them. That's our custom. Go, team, go. That's what's been in my head all day, is that. Okay, wow. You're a way better cheerleader than I am. <laughs> I wanted to be a cheerleader, secretly wanted to be a cheerleader, even though I was a jock. I wanted to be a cheerleader because they were, uh, they were all popular and all the guys liked them. And so, and all the cheerleaders really liked me because I was a, this awkward kid that wasn't, like, no guys looked at, so I wasn't a threat to them, so they, they loved me. And they taught me all their cheerleading moves, but I never tried out. I didn't want the rejection. Anyway, we'll move on. Well, you're really great at tumbling, so. <laughs> you're so funny. Well, that's why I learned it. Just so your audience know, one time this tree came out and stuck out and grabbed my foot 
and I fell and then I popped back up because I didn't want the tree to win, but I really hurt my knee and Jamie was with me running and she just laughed. But you out. had to have seen it. Imagine the trolls from the movie Frozen turning into those little boulders and they just roll and then pop up. That's what she looked like. She fell, rolled in a ball, and popped up as if nothing happened. Yet she had a big gash in yeah. her knee. And I just couldn't believe what I saw. So I was she laughing. She laughed. And, <laughs> and then she was trying to say, okay, I think I should say, are you okay? But she couldn't really get it out because the laughter was going so hard. But I was fine. But she's a great tumbler. <laughs> That's why. That's why I should have been cheerleader. I could have done it. Could you imagine? Anyway, moving on. Okay, so so President Oak starts talking about us having us remember about Joseph and the pioneers and, and the struggles that they went through and trying to relate that as much as they went through struggles and got through it and the Lord's with them, the same is for us. I kind of for a second, and this is me being kind of a negative person, and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Anyway, I was thinking about Joseph. And, you know, he's in the, the Liberty Jail for five months. He couldn't stand. Obviously, if I was there, it wouldn't be a problem because I'm super short. But for him, it was a problem. He was fed poison. He couldn't even stand straight. And you can imagine going through so much stuff and all you want to do is just stretch your legs out. He couldn't do that. And so the, he's pleading with the Lord. Not only is he in distress, but his wife and children, all the saints are distressed because they've been away from their leader for five months. They don't know what to do. And the Lord says... Peace be unto thy soul. Thy adversity and thy affliction shall just be a moment. A small moment. A small moment. And I just could, and like I said, this is me being negative, And this is why I will never be called as a prophet or any kind of major leader of the church. Because I would say, that's, all, that's what you're going to give me? A small moment. Um, but in return, I took this verse so much on my mission. I read it over and over and over again because there were so many times where I was really hurt. A lot of times actually because my, my family didn't write to me on my, on my mission and it was really, I just struggled a lot not hearing from my family for months and months on end. Actually, probably over about five months too. And I struggled so much for that. And to be able to try to see that perspective that this is going to be a small moment and at the very after it where he says, and then if thou shall endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. And I, and it, it's, it's, it really, it's, it's, it stinks that Joseph had to go through it, but that revelation gave me a lot of comfort for 18 months. So that way I can attempt to serve the, serve the Lord well. So thank you, Joseph. So moving on towards the rest of it. Um, he also talks about how the, the pioneers also went through things and, and I thought this was actually really interesting that he, he shared on how the, you know, the pioneers had gotten moved from place to place to place and they were trying to build something and, the, and then it would get, get wrecked. And then in October of 1849, as they were trying to build their new home and they were struggling so much, they decided to send missionaries out and not just missionaries out for a couple of years, but for three to seven years. How insane is that to be able to be struggling so much, but yet we're going to go on mission and serve the Lord. We're going to put aside all the struggles that our home is not settled and just go serve the Lord and try to bring, um, bring people to Christ. So this fall, um, 
my dad has been finding like old stuff from our family and there's a journal from the beginnings of like the church and one of our ancestors he went on a mission and David O. McKay was like part of his mission and there's all these things he kept a journal that's in like the farmers like crop organization <laughs> calendars that's what he used as a journal and so we were reading over it and he went on his mission and he was gone for several years and he had five kids at home Insane. and I just was like I am like one I have always been like weirdly thankful that I was not a pioneer or a settler in those times because those times were tough and I have like an endless list of reasons why I'm glad to be born in these times because they, it was hard. Could you remember, I mean, my husband travels a little bit for work like a few times a year. And when he's gone, like everything that could possibly go wrong does. And my, like Melissa and Jamie can attest, my husband has never, not once ever gone out of town without one of my children getting sick. Or your like, water heater breaking. My water heater can break. I get the Rona before it was the Rona. <laughs> like, Everything goes wrong. like yeah. I'm telling you, like life falls apart when he's not here. And so I can't imagine if he was just gone for years because we'd probably get like the plague. I think God knew I definitely would have not been a member back then because I am such a wuss. Like, <laughs> I, there's no way you want me to do what with my kids while you're doing what? No, thank you. Not just that, but it was like, everything was hard manual labor. Yes. <laughs> there's a lit, I'm telling you, there's a litany of reasons why being a pioneer was tough. And I am so thankful to all of the early members and the first settlers for like, the west coast because i enjoy living here now and i'm thankful that you guys like put down the roots that got us here he, he saved the physically weak ones for the last dispensation for the for the last few years here i think it would have been cool yeah you would but they wouldn't have accepted they wouldn't have accepted me though so they would have shown me no makeup and like women had to be quiet so I would not I have been makeup. like a 10 cow bride. I would have been like a goat bride. <laughs> and like, I get to pick my own partner. It's not like a business arrangement between farms. Oh my gosh. I would have been married so much earlier if it was a business arrangement. It took me forever to convince Jeremy to marry me. It was, or find someone to convince. You have me. sister wives? Sweet. Uh -uh. My children are all breach. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I was born in the it is. But I think too, like um, I was talking with Melissa about this. Be of good cheer. In this talk, if you count the title, it's eleven times. And then I looked at the exact phrase, be of good cheer, and it's six times in the New Testament two times in the Book of Mormon, and then four times in the Doctrine and Covenants. So I just like the advice of to be of good cheer because it's kind of like Nephi versus Laman and Lemuel 
you they both went they all three of them went through the same experiences they had to leave their home they had to go on this trek that they weren't even sure about they didn't know where they were going or how long they were going to be away if they were going to ever come home and their experiences were completely different from each other even though they went through the same trials so i think it's important to find that silver lining and make the best of it because you're gonna have to go through it anyway so who wants to like be the Debbie Downer. Well, I think the reason why he had said it so many times is one of the lines that he has down in his talk where he says, sisters, the first pregnancy is concerned about your challenges. We love you and pray for you. And I think that, I, I don't know, something I felt when I listened to that and when I read it, it was circled and highlighted and I felt he was talking to definitely us as a whole, but definitely me, um, also me personally, that he, the first presidency is concerned about us. And so I think the why the be a good cheer stuck out so much so that to remind us that it's okay. It's, we're, we're going to be okay. And we, we, we recognize that you're going through something. It's not something that, oh, just suck it up. But we recognize this is hard, but we, you know, we want you to be good cheer as we endure together. I think too he saved this talk or wrote this talk for the women's conference because we you know kind of lead the group in our households we kind of set the tone for everybody we're the ones who can turn moods around or know what our family needs and can see that and reach out to them and we set the example to teach the other people in our family to follow suit so I think it, it like there's so much that falls onto our shoulders as women and as mothers, not just to, to take away from other roles in the household, but I feel like that is something that's important for us to remember. Well, and I'm wondering if he read Elder Irene's talk before <laughs> he went, because Elder Irene's talk right before him was all focused on our responsibilities as women and getting prepared for the second coming. And I was like shaking in my boots, listening to him speak. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared for this. I'm doomed. I'm not moving to Missouri. Like, this is awful. And so I'm freaking out. And then who gets called to speak next? Elder Oaks. Oh, great. That's just going to warm my heart even more, right? On the coffin is what he's supposed to bring. <laughs> but then yet, all of a sudden, his talk is be of good cheer. And I felt like, oh my gosh, thank you, Heavenly Father, because I completely went from being terrified to feeling peace with this talk. <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of people were talking about, you know, what was your overall feeling about conference and stuff. And I saw so many times that it's like, you're going to suffer, but you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of trials, but you're going to be happy about it. It, it kind of... It's Sorry, funny when you talk about like Oaks and Iring because usually Oaks is like bringing down the hammer and yeah. Oaks is like, hey yeah. guys, it's not going to be that bad. Don't worry about it. And like, that's that's why I was terrified because the one that's usually comforting was the one that was saying, get prepared, ladies. You're leading in the next few generations. And I didn't even want to know what Elder Oaks is going to say, but I'm glad I know now. <laughs> I loved, I loved his words, and I love the last part of it because at least this is what I took. I felt like 
he gave us some really powerful fueling to get us through through things. And you know, it reminds me of one of my favorite scripture verses in First Nephi fifteen twenty four, and it talks about how that if you hold on fast to the word of God, then the the fiery darts of the adversary will not shake you. And and, and a lot, that's a lot what he's saying here is how the pioneers got through this, how how we can get through it ourselves is that, um, and I love how he says here, he says that, you know, in, in DNC 21, where the church was organized, he says, fear not little flock and do good. Let earth and hell combine against you. Let it do it. Let, let, let earth and hell shatter upon you. And it says, for ye, sh ye are built upon my rock and they cannot prevail. And so I love that idea that, you know, it, as long as we rely on the savior, it may be rough. It may be shaking. It may be really, really, really tough. And we may feel like we're hanging on, but we're going to be standing strong at the end because we relied on the savior. It, this whole talk kept bringing up Nelson's um, quote from a few years ago. The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. I mean, the whole, this whole talk, I just kept thinking about that, about how we all suffer trials, you know, right now we're in a lot of turmoil in the U.S. and there's still joy to be felt, especially if you can focus on the gospel and your family and having an eternal perspective and knowing that the things that we have here are just temporary. Oh, absolutely. Well, there, like I said, there was a couple that I can, um, on about a lot of things that he said in you know in dnc 59 where he says have a glad heart and cheerful countenance lift up your hearts and rejoice uh, in 64 it says be not weird and well doing but you are laying the foundation of great work and out of small things proceedeth which is great and i just and i i love the powerful words he gave us to to take on and and take with us and then i love so much the quote from um, elder scott that he leaves. And Elder Scott says, you may be facing overwhelming challenges. Sometimes they are so concentrated, so unrelenting that you may feel that you are beyond your capacity, sorry, that they are beyond your capacity to control. Don't face the world alone. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not in thy own understanding. It was intended this life to be a challenge not so you would fail, but that you may succeed through overcoming. Um, I found that so true uh, for myself in the last little bit where I feel like that there have been so many challenges that have felt even beyond that I can handle. I, um, so many times I would tell myself and others that I can't, it's too much, it's too much, but yet I've gotten through it. The Lord has guided me, has blessed me, um, has strengthened me and well, so far I have succeeded. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see if I can continue to do that. And I just love that. I love that idea. This, um, this definitely was the halftime prep talk that I needed from my coach right now as I go out there and, and knock them dead as my cheerleaders, President Oaks, President Iron, and President Nelson are cheering for me in the sidelines and giving me guidance while I continue to go and, and, and win the game. That's, that's what I envisioned during this um during this talk of just this kind of pep talk to to realize that you have the strength 
Just go out there, go out there and get them. You got it. And that was a talk for me, at least. That's how, what I got a lot out of it. I think you've played too much powder puff football in your life, huh, Melissa? <laughs> you have the men cheering on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit, a little bit. I may have been a uh, quarterback back in my days. I'm not going to brag. <laughs> I may have been point guard when I was playing uh, basketball. I may have done a couple things that I don't want to brag about, but I will if you want me to. <laughs> Anyway, that was a wonderful, it was a wonderful talk. Like I said, I, I really liked it. I needed to hear it. I needed to, probably should have read it a couple weeks ago. It probably would have helped me through some of the things I was going through, but it came at now and I really enjoyed it. And they put a smile on my face. And um, I said, definitely listening to Sister Nelson again, talking about her husband. And I think that um, knowing that the prophets and the leaders of our church are not shaking right now with everything going on, brings me a lot of comfort if they're not shaken why should i shake you know why should i why should i worry so anyway all right so with this wonderful talk we had some awesome quotes Kristen, please start us off is it me yeah yes, okay it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my quote is uh like the mortal life of which they are a part all tribulations are te are temporary and I love that quote because, you know, this life isn't easy and it, we shouldn't expect it to be because we came here as part of a test to grow and learn and to remember that our trials here are only temporary, but our families can be eternal and to return home to our Heavenly Father. And it just reminds me that there's a light and joy that comes from Christ in knowing that the gospel helps me find joy in my hardships, in peace in my turmoil, and a light from his love. Awesome. All right, so mine was our unshakable faith in that doctrine, which the doctrine they're referring to is their doctrine of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so guides our steps and gives us joy. And I just love that. I've needed the guidance for my steps and I've needed definitely the joy in my life lately. And I'm just grateful that I have that doctrine and hopefully my, I can continue to strengthen my shake, uh, strengthen my faith. So it's unshakable. That's what I meant to say. Jamie, please finish us off with much more intelligence than I did. Oh, come on now. Um, my quote was, don't face the world alone. And I just really love that quote because I think sometimes we can feel lonely, especially in our trials. Sometimes we forget that we have a savior that has felt everything that we're going through and that it's okay to turn to him. And not only to him, but I also think, you know, it's not good for man to be alone, right? We have help needs in this world. We have our spouses or if you're single, we have friends and family and I think about our baptismal covenant and how we covenanted to mourn with those that mourn and comfort each other. And we really just need to, to learn to let other people in so that we don't have to face these trials by ourselves. True that, true that. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us um, on Sitting With My Sisters. We appreciate so much all of your comments. We appreciate your testimonies that you share with us, it uplifts, I know it uplifts me and it's, it's so exciting to hear 
other people being able to grow in Christ and be able to learn from our apostles that, that we have. If you have a chance, please share our podcast with your friends. Also, if you got a chance, also send us a review. It's a way for other people to be able to find us. So that way we can even have more testimonies to grow and we can have more sisters to sit with. And we'll see you next time on City with My Sisters. Adios. G-double-O-D. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>